0: Thank you for listening to True Crime 49. Season 3, Women Hunted, traces the progression of Robert Hansen, an Alaskan serial killer known as the Butcher Baker. Listener discretion is advised.
1: In one of the boxes in the case file lockup, there is a small undyed buff envelope. The metal tabs are bent flat, holding the flaps secure. Inside the glowing envelope, four rings lay amongst each other, rolling together into the paper corner. Suddenly, they had been still there for decades. Welcome to True Crime 49. When the girl with the Sagittarius ring on bent closer to the window, she was half-lit. And she used to say this one thing when a guy would pull up and say, Are you looking for a date or some shit? It was pretty sharp and down deep, but let them know, she once said, that you're a thinker. So they'll think twice, she'd say, and put up her dukes, the ring of the little gold nugget. The cops later wrote it down correctly, a piece of yellow stone, said, They probably spray-painted a pebble. It really does look like a gold nugget, though. This girl had on jeans and leg warmers, wool socks, a knit coat, and a sweater. When she would have tossed the wool scarf over her shoulder, her nose would have been red, and she would have sniffed in the cold steam. She had no panties on, and a nylon bra was dollar bargains. Her tennis shoes were the saddest photo in the file. She is climbing into the warm air. It seemed in the blur from the edges she started to furl her brows. Who the fuck do you think you are? Her shoulders are moving. Her hair floats behind like seaweed. In a snap she is moving off axis when she collides with the doorframe. A slumping ping thud as she went into it. She tied her hands up and she's trying to figure it all out. Half eye open, the tissue swelling from the impact, swelling making its own expressions. Half out of it as the shoulders are jostling, he's stuck on the line, you fucking bitch, yanking, zipping wire, her bangs jostle. She's watching from a crack in the stones now.
0: The National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, NAMIS, List over 13,000 unidentified people in the database. When a person goes missing, it is often those who see the victim every day family, co workers, and friends who make the missing person report. The choices that lead you to work in a corner in Anchorage, Alaska are the same choices that alienate family and friends and expose you to a variety of bad endings. As we come to a close on our segment in victimology, we present two women whose bodies were found, yet their identities remain a mystery. Their missing report, if it was ever filed, has yet to be correlated to these Jane Doe's.
1: In the oldest text of the Bible, it describes the rocks and the trees crying out, and that they would clap their hands. It says, it started low across the landscape. Nothing had changed out there for years and it grew suddenly like a heartbeat, and the ground and the stones were thumping in unison, and soon the tree arms were waving back and forth, indeed clapping at times. The hard-packed frozen ice reverberating, numbing, the pop-pop-pop of the helicopter touching down just over there. There are glitter crystals floating in the jelly inside your eardrums, and they float down, landing on special little hairs. They will tell you if you are laying on your back or upside down entirely. The state trooper's crystals are floating in jelly as the helicopter is descending down on a steep curve. Sitting by the door shackled onto the seat frame and handcuffs of all things is the guy with the horn-drimmed glasses. They are dropping the lay of the land from above Hansen has directed them with knots of his chin, there is beeping, everything is humming with the roar of the turbans, his eyes behind the glossy buff of his glasses he always wore, through the shine curve of the military-grade plexi window of the helicopter, and all through the spiral-dropping curve his eyes locked on it like a vulture down softly to such a lonely and desolate damp scratch of earth the figure part bound is leaping from the helicopter and dashing across the ground and awkwardly sticks a plastic steel evidence flag in the snow as he makes his way back to the helicopter the leaping animal was in another world now it appeared part of him clicking through thoughts like a flipbook pouring of images as his eyes become checkered and distant the other part being sedated by the fullness of the experience, returning, his eyes were drooping on the edges, there is a foul sliding grin he's shuffling into the taxi. We'd never know it but the dog would, the smell of some type of perfume following him into the cab. Their guts are bottom heavy as they are lifting out of the trees. The chains are glittering in the sunlight and the troopers are in disgust of these joyrides, it was so blatant. He asked the one guy as they were lifting off if he could dab the sweat from his brow. Fuck you. They never retrieved all of the X's on the map, good for them I guess. Landing down just over there, not far from the silly little cadaver and the leg warmers and the stretched bra. She'd been drawn out in a number of long freeze thaws rotting intermittently, frozen solid for over a third of a year.
0: The majority of the X's on the killer's map were not found, except for the ones he led the investigators to himself. Horseshoe Lake is past the Parks Highway off KGB, Knick Goose Bay Road, toward Point Mackenzie, and within driving distance of Anchorage. The X on the map is several miles away from Horseshoe Lake, where the troopers found a girl between the ages of 17 and 21 with brown hair. Her body was in a state of decay, but still revealed four gunshots and four knife wounds in her back. The killer recalled she was one of three bodies he did not bother to bury. She was estimated to be between 5'2 and 5'6", they would refer to Jane Doe No. 3 as Horseshoe Harriet. Thirty years later, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children funded the exhumation of Harriet in efforts to identify her through a recreation sculpture, and perhaps match her to a missing child case. However, unlike the Tulland man whose body was preserved for centuries, Harriet did not have enough facial structure to attempt a recreation. Horseshoe Harriet's DNA was able to be extracted, and several women were ruled out. Her identity is still unknown.
1: When he rolled up to the curb stop, she was wearing matching leg warmers and a scarf. Some of these long gals are out here in the wind, still talking shit. She must be just dabbling. In a game of numbers, some girls will try it out a few times, maybe two or three guys, and that's it. You basically got to have a good girl while she was on loan to the way that it is for a month or two. She would have called them later the darkest times of her life. Those ones were the keepers. The mist spray of Lowell Falls feels haunted could be the echo shock of a heart crying out to Michael. He was so far away it is still swinging in the vacuum. The girl who loved horses. The thought of those hours melting away he'd lost track in it. Reliving her eyes. She was in terror, the pounding of the wave surf drowning it all out to wind drift. He wanted to let her scream, see her, give it her all. These girls were all good girls dabbling in the wind maybe, rattling in the current. She got in the truck, it says that she was a risk taker. Her friend had told her how easy it was. The older men on the street had made it perfectly clear they all wanted to fuck her. So what about a decent guy? He's going crazy and he'll give you the equivalent in today's money of $247. The K in cool stamped into the aluminum foil wrapper, untouched and still crisp. The organics of the small cardboard box they came in, and the rolling papers and the sliced tobacco mostly have washed away slowly now. Coming down to rest upon the stack of condoms, they were still squeaky clean in there her comb and some makeup half-hidden as she and her clothes melted into the elements. The absence of any missing persons report echoes across the world, her body laying retrieved from all of those terrible nights. The emptiness still there for us to witness, poor child still alone in the world, the sound of tug tearing from the ligaments, and from the darkness knuckle-crackling and wet-clicking in the night. The wreckage of this little bird, the mostly naked bones, part covered in its own hair and stranding fabrics, they could still make out the branding on her cigarettes. And no one ever came for her. Usually some uncle will have taken a girl like that under his wing. When she finally breaks out, it usually cuts all ties with anyone she's ever known. Does happen from time to time. Aklutna
0: means objects river. In Athabaskan, as two mountains hold back the glacier and the river from the majestic lake, in the nineteen twenties, a rudimentary road was put in for horses to use while damming Aklutna Lake for hydroelectricity. There was little developed on the stretch of the Old Glen Highway. Aklutna Lake Road was mostly used by the power plant including adding a second plant, also training for the military, and by the 1970s, Chugach State Park began developing. About two miles along the barren road, a series of power lines ran perpendicular. Some workers discovered a body lightly buried next to the base of a power pole in the summer of 1980. The young girl was between 16 and 21 years old, petite and between 4'11 and 5'3". She was fully clothed, although her body only had a bit of flesh remaining. The young Jane Doe became known as a Klutna Annie due to the location she was found. They have completed two recreations of Annie. She is most likely of European descent with a touch of Native American, and despite their best efforts, her identity is still unknown.
1: The kid with the horn-rimmed glasses sitting with his head cocked at the side. And he's in there glazing between the two worlds, at times he'd stop breathing altogether. He was losing control when the truck got stuck and the needle on the gauge said that it was starting to overheat. He had her in the truck already. All the way out here. Leaving the gravel road even farther into the slit-covered earth, a half inch of mud on top of everything frozen. He says he looked around and told the girl to... Maybe get out and give it a little push, and let's go back home." She had these boots on, and he saw her pushing, lit up red from the taillight. The torque breaks the black rubber, free in the slick mud, smearing a zzzz into it. He looks back, in the taillight there is no one. The moments from just before, still echoing, the suspicions of... These conclusions that he's been coming to lately. Unsure of everything for a moment, realizing that after all of this. And the girl runs from somewhere behind the truck. Out from along the side in the thicker bushes. And then after a few strides, she does a little leap, skip thing, hop steps down to the ruts of the road that he's stuck in. And she isn't running back to the gravel road. She's running in the direction the truck was pointed. He was very clear on that in the tapes later. She was free of any bindings or threats, and when he asked her to get out and push he says that he told her after they get the truck unstuck that, let's just go back, I'm gonna let you go, I'm tired of this whole thing. He insisted upon those statements. Her boots went up to the knee, they were vinyl and they had high heels on. They wrapped up over the jeans as one leg was driving the other one back, waiting there strong for her hip bone up there. Under those jeans, it is swinging back again, the ball hitch of the leg bone wrapped in a group of muscles they chose to call the Maximus. And the big bone begins to rotate, and the leg explodes in motion. Her arms were undisciplined as she was running away, towards nothingness but dampness and bare trees. Her hips pounding back and forth, she was terrified. Cramming the shifter into park, he had bugged out eyes as he was turning it off and yanking the keys out. The pounding of her heart and her boots pumping against the earth, she probably couldn't hear him slam the truck door. And run after her, he says he was approaching her from behind. She had on a leather coat that went all the way to her hip line, and her hair was swishing as she ran. His fingertips outstretched inches, the hair was swishing side to side, and in strides, his fingers snatched into the soft hair. And he yanked back hard, and she came around frantically tugging something out of a purse she had hidden under the coat this whole time and it had a black handle, the white looking steel blades had buck on it and it was large and heavy, and it is clearing the sheath of the leather the bristling edge, coming out like a vampire. Through the trees, she is screaming, don't kill me, don't kill me, he says he told her plainly I'm not going to. She remembers the way it felt when he had casually said in the stress of the truck tires, I'm going to let you go, as he had set at the floor and the walls and her flashed in fragments of terrible clips of film-tattered edges, circuits fully overloaded, and she wouldn't stop screaming, looking up, please don't kill me, the racing tears, she was drunk in adrenaline. He pulled her head to the side, her neck and her spine bent. She must follow. Just over enough and they collapsed together, her on the bottom. Her face pointing down. He can feel her like a small rodeo animal as he twisted the knife handle that came loose as her wrist spun. And the puppet strings of her own fingers ran to the end. And as it rotated more, it opened her hand for her. And the knife, he has now, and it goes up. Her neck is trying to look back, shaking electrocution of flapping arms and squealing voice breaking to a hoarse raspy, screaming out, begging. All of the things to plead for flooding her mindscape as the knife blade plunges down into her back. The corner of her eyes had been tugged back from her scalp when he plunged the long blade in. And she was shocked, and the fear as it became real. But it didn't really hurt yet, as her body jostled with the second one. They were more of a slapping hack with the blade's edge, described later on the forearm as non-lethal. Her eyes were confused that the cold of the ground was the same as it always had been, but this time it was the last one. Wet spots cold creeping on her thighs above her boots and below her coat. The road sign was larger and the lights shone across it. Out of the black, the words she tried to remember from the truck said Eklutna. The last few months had been a blur and there was this kitten that she'd found in the laundry room and she'd been waiting by the door every time she came home. This little call from Mama was a scratch whisper and the blood splurted out of her lips as she coughed and once she gritted her teeth and shook her jaw as the hiss bubbled from in between her ribs. She was gasping her eyes glassed over some memory, it must have been the chest of her daydreams in there. And there were ones that she really thought, and she swore she was going to be there. But as her lips trembled to say something, the makeup glossy red cough splatter. it was just a scratch whisper. And she was trying, interrupted, body pulsing thud squish, another, and another, the total being four strikes the blade, she has gone now, the handle was still charged in her warmth. Imagine your homelands, ages of your grandparents, their sweat and their bones are still in there, and you being in exile somehow in the only world you've ever known and you long for it. There she is. She looks just like the shape of girl that everyone wants. And as he slowed down to the curb edge and she moved her neck and her jawline, it seemed her cheekbones glanced in the light. Her lips coming by in the sun, they seemed to eclipse as they crossed. Seeing his and his mind for hours lavishing across the coal flames in his eyes. He never said a word about this one. He’d gone on and on about some of them. The one girl, aluner Annie. They even did a forensic sculpture of layers of clay shaped like muscle. But was she Eskimo or was chin because there is a metric difference. When it was complete, the thing sat there on the table like it was an animatronic. And the thing is, the people who relay the rotten tissues upon the sullen skull, the type of artist that can set the keel of the face, to each starting between the eyes and running down the cheek to the back of the jaw. It's not the same person who chooses the exact latitude, longitude of the gestures in the plastic eyeballs they gave the poor girl. Her lips pursed more like an eager puppet fetching laundry and cookies. It makes you think twice. And you realize that her skull is in, that creepy ass head thing, burning a sarcastic hole through the wall, and anything that looks upon it squarely. From behind, it's worse, any breath in the hair will move once in a while. There was a sharp closed off bend in this tiny little lake. The one side a little longer than the other, there was barely room for him when he came down into the trees. Horseshoe Harriet, whoever she was. Along for the ride, she would bounce on the seat in these plush little bumpings as he touched down the skids clattering wildly on the crust ice. All of the other protracted angles looking across this beautiful creation of God, watching their eyes recognizing the ratio of her shoulders to her ribs. The edge curve line of the softness behind her shoulder crossed the sagging curve, the oblique lower bell of just part of one of her breasts. She lifted her foot into the calves she had on blue jeans. Her calves were a real mystery because she had on these leg warmers. But the rest he could see of them he gulped loudly, his throat suddenly sticking. The shapes of her are almost perfect. Up across that cute little nose it's red and it's cold out tonight and looking, he came up a bit too far, pulled into those eyes. Inside, there just before him, the homeland, almost opening up for him and welcoming him, and across the glowing fields, across the gaudy carpet of the Senate floor, this filthy, money-grabbing bitch struts into the frame, greets him, and she says something with the word twist in it. It comes off clean in the conversation, but there was something in the word play. He heard none of it. The bumps of the highway. She would bounce on the seat in these plush little bumpings. He heard her mouth going on and on, interrupting. He almost winced over his shoulder out the glass, His black reflection almost growling. To shut the fuck up. Spittle part wet there and his eyes bulging. The lower lid quivers like a pig's thigh muscle a minute after the slaughter. He has to meter it in, in shallow breaths. The bride's hand, she still commanded, lifting both in a question. The box and the lighter, there was a cigarette already hanging from her lips. Her gesture saying, Do you mind if I smoke? and he became ice cold inside and grinned sheeplessly and was a real nice fella. He could almost hear the bedchamber creaking for hours, interrupted only by random shuffling in the camper. It rocks, the repetition had been a long time, and the rocking about to begin again. A foot smears across the wet dripping on the camper window, smearing the water on the cold glass, the vapors gathering over time, and the sound of heavy breathing. It never moved or flinched at the ice crystals in the corners of the glass on the aluminum.
0: From the women we've learned about in this and the previous four episodes, we know that the women are selected. Either he watches them in the strip club or sees them on the street. Strangers to him personally, but known to him symbolically. His anonymity allows him to approach and gain proximity to these women before escalating to violence. He brings his own guns and material for binding, such as the stereo wire, shoelaces, rope. This shows organization. We know that he lets some of his victims go, choosing to have a live trophy to watch on the street or stage. The first young women he chose weren't working girls, with one exception, but even she was let go after her salt with a wish we met under different circumstances. He shows a need for dominance and power, while also choosing women he feels superior to, such as sex workers. The bodies were primarily concealed and the murder weapons not found. This shows an evolving organized killer, a mission-oriented power control rapist and killer.
1: It was weird because she saw him change after that. She knew she was becoming worried, using her thumb to roll the ring around her finger, concerned making itself evident the golden Sagittarius passing by again. When he stabbed her the three times they were non-lethal. Scarlet sloppy troutfully hanging back off of her forearm the noise the skin made as the knife came ripping and stopped. The flood of the pounding life she blew blood vessels in her complexion The noise she made as the knife went up. It was upon number four that the examiner later gauging the vampire grooves on each dry rib bone, the blade had zippered down between them grinding a tiny V-slit in the calcium, plunging deep into pristine gentle lungs, and her charging collapsing heart, and she was wild in there at the last. And then, finally, shut the fuck up! True crime
0: Thank you for listening to TC49. You can find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join our Patreon for extra content and visit our website for shirts, mugs, and stickers. See show notes for sources and links.